morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night from wherever you are listening and watching to this video podcast. This is England is Burning for March 16, 2021. I was about to say 2017, and I think the reason why is because tomorrow is March 17, which is St. Patrick's Day. Uh, and I'm already wearing green. Uh, I wore green the other day. I'll wear green tomorrow. But today, today is your Arsenal women's team weekly feature. Yes, y'all. Your weekly feature for Arsenal uh, coming up today. This is the Ask Me Anything special. Uh, I am doing this on my own, so you will have to put up with me ranting and raving about numbers uh, and so forth. You can just turn it off right now, but please don't. Matter of fact, what I do want you to do is if you like what you hear or you like what you see, please give us a like on the YouTube channel on this particular video. If you like what you hear, you're listening to the podcast on Apple or Spotify or any of the other ones, share the uh, share the podcast with your friends, do word of mouth. That is what's helping keeping this thing going because my advertising budget is absolutely zero. I mean, it's a zero advertising budget. So, uh, so like the video, subscribe to the channel, subscribe to the podcast and share with your friends. That is how we're going to grow this FAWSL fan channel where we look at all four of the top teams in the league every single week. Every single week. Today is Arsenal. Now, I appreciate everyone sending me questions uh, and I can't, I'm not going to be able to get all your questions, but I will say this, y'all, that the majority of questions, except for maybe a couple, had to do with whether or not Arsenal uh, was going to beat Manchester United on Friday, whether or not how the game was going to play out on Friday against Manchester United, uh, what not thought Art, the Gunners were going to make the, the Champions League, and that has everything to do with whether or not they beat United on Friday. Uh, I mean, all those things all lead up, all those questions lead up to Friday. But one of the first questions, though, I got from someone with name is Jackie, and she's in Richmond, Virginia. And she uh, asked a question. She said, is Vivian Minima the best goal scorer in the WSL? Now, that's a loaded question, because in actuality, the answer is yes. Uh, And the reason why we say yes, but is because in all WSL uh, competition and ju- we're just talking WSL. I know yesterday there were some comments and, and, and sent to me in regards to uh, the statistics I ran across uh, around players on Manchester City and saying that so and so was the leader on the team. What I meant was, and maybe I didn't do it right, so I apologize, was this was that the, the leading goal scorers were based on WSL competitions. I did not include all competitions. Okay, and the reason why I didn't include all competitions, because I don't have all the numbers for all the competitions, specifically the Continental Cup, okay, that I have available on hand. So I'm just talking the league. So in the league, we know, we know that in the league, that Vivian Minima of Arsenal is currently the leading goal scorer in the WSL. We have Sam Kerr and Fran Kirby right behind, but Vivian Minima has 14 goals and Sam Kerr has 12 and Fran Kirby have 11 uh, and Caitlin Ford 
Arsenal also has nine. But I'm going to dig a little bit deeper because the reason why I want to do this is is because I'm not sure if the question was asked is whether or not she's the best goal scorer or if it was meant to kind of dig a little bit deeper into Vivian Minima's numbers. So let's do this. Let's take a look at some advanced numbers and compare Vivian Minima to some of the other lead players in a rather critical category around the goal conversion rate when you take expected goals and goals. Okay. Now what you want as a player is to have a positive number. When you look at, you take goals minus expected goals you want to have a plus number you want to have more goals than expected goals okay why because the higher that ratio between goals and expected goals is the more it it appears and is true that you are a clinical lethal surgical striker of goals okay so the higher that number is the better Okay, you want to be in the plus side. If you're on the minus side, what that basically means is, is that player is wasting opportunities, that they should be scoring more goals, but they're not because either they're not clinical enough, they're not finishing, something's not quite right. So, for example, you want to look at the Arsenal squad in general. Arsenal's goal conversion rate, when you compare goals to expected goals, for the season so far is plus 12.4. That is the highest in the WSL, okay? That is a really good number. That means they have 12 more goals than expected goals, or 12.5 to be specific. So that is a, a team that is highly strong in clinical finishing with the ball going into the back of that net the next team from them is manchester city and their conversion number is plus 11.5 11.5 so that's pretty strong too now manchester city i will tell you has been getting better and better and better and better week to week to week in that goal conversion rate to the point where now they're in double digits. Now, originally, several weeks back, they were at plus five or six. And and I was complaining and other folks were complaining. And, we, and I think Emma from the Man City Women fan cast even said that um, that they were wasteful in some of their opportunities, but not so much anymore. As Manchester City has improved, as they become more fluid, more clinical, they are getting in more goals, and their goals are getting stronger and stronger and more clinical in orientation. Uh, now, interesting enough, Everton, and we'll talk about Everton in a little bit later, but Everton is third in the league at a plus seven three click and Chelsea is fourth at 6.4 and Manchester United is plus 3.6. All good. They're in plus numbers. Um, but the thing of it is, is that, um, you know, Arsenal is so much ahead of a team like Manchester United when it comes to efficiency and goal conversion. Now, at the bottom of the list is, is Reading at negative 4.0. What that basically means is they should be scoring more goals, but they haven't been able to finish. They're getting goal opportunities, but they're not finishing them on a regular basis. So they're at negative 4.0. Um, so there's that piece of it. But let's go on into individual numbers and let's see how Vivian Minima, if she's the best striker in the league as far as not position wise, but as far as goal scoring is concerned. So if we look at those statistics for individual goal conversion, 
let's see who is at the top of that list. Let me look at here now. So right now, there are, I'm gonna look at the top 10. Okay, so the top 10 clinical strikers, clinical goal scorers in the WSL as it stands right now. These are WSL statistics only, y'all. So number 10 is Izzy Christensen of Everton. Her number is sitting at plus 1.9. Okay, so that she's got uh, 1.9 more goals than expected goals. Number nine is Rachel Rowe of Reading. Now, remember I told you Reading has the worst figure in the league at negative four, but she herself is at plus two. At number eight is Prunell Harder of Chelsea, okay? And she's sitting at 2.0 as well. Seven is Ellen White of Manchester City. And then we have Vivian Minima. Now, remember, she has 14 goals. She has 60 shots on shots, 28 shots on target. She has a shot on target percentage of 46.7%. She takes 4.38 shots per 90 minutes. That's one of the highest in the league. I think Pernell Harder might be a little bit more. Her goal conversion rate is 2.3. It is, um, it is sixth on the list of best clinical goal scorers in the WSL based on WSL statistics. So number six, her teammate, Jill Ruard, is fifth at 2.4. And then you have the top four, Lauren Hemp, Manchester City, Claudia Walker, Birmingham City at two at 3.1. Second on the list is Caroline Weir of Manchester City. Now you've seen her do the worldies. You, you've seen that, yeah, this should, you know, so it's not, uh, it, it should not be unexpected that she is at the number two at 3.8. Anything over plus two at this stage of the season is strong, really strong, top class, top level. Frank, Frank Kirby, no doubt, with 11 goals, 32 shots, 18 shots on target, 2.97 shots per 90 minutes. She is, statistically speaking, the best goal scorer from an advanced statistic standpoint from the fear mere fact that she doesn't necessarily have the most goals because Minova does. So she is the best goal scorer in raw numbers and raw goals. And, and for most people, that's what counts. But as far as clinical goal scoring is concerned, Fran Kirby is at the top and her number is 5.7 plus 5.7. That is more than world-class. Now, remember, Minima is at plus 2.3. Frank Kirby is plus 5.7. That is significantly higher. But Arsenal, y'all, y'all Arsenal fans, Gooners out there, you got two players in the top 10, Jill Roard and Vivian Minima. And then number 11 is Kate Ford at 11. She's at plus 1.7. So you got three players in the top 11 and you got four players in the top 15 because why jennifer Beatty is number 15 on the list so you've got minima jill roard clayton ford and jennifer Beatty, who's a defender by the way all in plus 1.4 goal conversion rate or higher on arsenal no wonder arsenal as a team have the best 
clinical goal scoring conversion rate in the WSL by far. So that I hope that answers your question from an advanced stat standpoint. Fran Kirby is the best. Venema it would be about is sixth, but Venema with raw goals in the WSL, she leads the league. She's the best goal scorer. So next questions, all the rest of the questions all relate to whether or not either Arsenal would make the Women's Champions League by qualification by getting third place or how the game is going to turn out with Manchester United or what does Manchester uh, Arsenal need to do against Manchester United and so forth. So let me answer this. So let, thank you all everyone out there for and asking those types of questions. There are so many of them that this is what the majority of the show is going to be talking about. So number one, let's talk about whether or not Arsenal can actually qualify for the Champions League. Now, as you know, they are six points from third. Third is the last WSL qualifying spot that is owned right now by Manchester United. However, Arsenal has a game in hand, uh, that dreaded game in hand. You can't take you got you can't take it for granted, but you know, can't automatically count those three points, y'all. But they're now they're six points out game in hand. So that's what makes Friday so important. Because then if Arsenal wins, gets the three points, then wins the game in hand, then essentially they're within three points or uh, even. And Arsenal will beat Manchester United from a goal differential standpoint. That is what is the difference right now coming up. That is why Friday is so important. That's why I got so many questions, y'all, about Friday, about what's coming up on Friday, this match on Friday night, Arsenal against Manchester United being played in uh, on Arsenal's, quote, home field. Okay? So then we'll talk about that, and we'll talk about the one controversial thing. I know people are going to be upset you're all going to be so mad at me when I tell you what the main factor is that I think that Arsenal needs to do in order to change the, the tide, change the tide in terms of dealing with uh, Manchester United coming up. So let's talk about what's coming up. Let's talk about what that controversial thing that I wanted to talk about was. So, if you look at Arsenal through the season, I'm sure all y'all that are watching this, listening to this, know that Arsenal has been rather inconsistent. Now, many reasons behind that. And one of the main reasons has been injuries and players being out, not being available, and so forth. And so, that yes, as much as that is a critical factor and is also a critical factor on the Manchester United side coming up on Friday, it's not the only factor. Because if then you look at how Arsenal has been playing between the sides that are in the top four with them and the teams that are not in the top four, there is a drastic difference between how they perform against Chelsea, Manchester City, Manchester United versus how they play against other sides. And what it comes down to is in my opinion, and this is my opinion at all, to answer the question in terms of how things need to change when they play United, whether or not they can beat the Red Devils, whether or not Arsenal uh, will do what they need to do in order to make the Champions League qualification. One thing needs to change. 
I do not think the players need to change. I don't think the tactics need to change necessarily. There could be some tweaks. It's not Minima doesn't get the ball enough. It's not that there's not enough movement. It has, I don't think it has anything to do with tactics. Montemiro, as a manager, is tactically fine. They got the players. They got a top niche. I just listed off four players who are one of the best clinical goal scorers in the league, including a defender. They're the best in the league so far in, in clinical goal scoring, for an example. They're one of the best offensive teams in the league, if not the best. I mean, when you compare them against Chelsea and Manchester City, they're almost even. It's not the manager. It's not the tactics. One well, might be the manager and think about it, but it's not the tactics. It's not the players in the terms of what players need to do what and everything else. Here's the controversial thing. To be honest, it's mentality. It's the mental side of the game. And here's why I come to that conclusion, that it's the mental side of this game. It's the mentality of this squad as a team, as individuals on the pitch against sides like Manchester United, like Cite, like the Blues. And I think it's mentality. Here's why. Against the other teams in the supposed mythical, iconic, however word you want to use, top four out there, of United, Arsenal, Chelsea, and City. Arsenal so far has played five of six matches. The sixth one is the one coming up on Friday against the Red Devils. So they've played five against the other three so far. United once, Chelsea twice, City twice. So far, they have had a, a possible 15 points against the other three, top three. They've gotten one. So out of 15 points, they've gotten one point. Lost to Manchester United, 1-0. Drew against Chelsea, 1-1. Lost to Manchester City twice by a 2-1 score. And then lost to Chelsea, 3-0. One point out of 15. To go even further. So you look at how they've done against the other three teams. They've scored three goals and given up nine. Goal differential, negative six. Okay, negative six goal differential. If you look at their expected goals versus uh, uh, goals and how they've converted, remember I gave you that figure of 11 point something or other, top in the WSL? Well, against the top three or the other top three teams, that number is negative 0.4. So their conversion rate of expected goals and goals against City, United, and Chelsea so far is negative 0.4, while the rest of the league gets 11 plus, almost 12. In terms of stopping the opponent from converting goal opportunities, their expected goals against is 7.1. They've given up nine goals. And so their 
goals against conversion rate of stopping teams from getting goal scoring opportunities and converting them is negative 1.9 against the other three. So they've played poorly. I know Arsenal is a very good team. Person per person, woman to woman, player to player on that pitch, they are in the same league talent-wise as Chelsea and Manchester City and a little bit above Manchester United, depending on who they got on the pitch. Montemiro's tactics in most games is to play on the front foot, to play attacking offense, to use a high press, to score, to create space, quick attacks, all of those things. However, the problem then becomes is when they get to Chelsea and City and they're great teams too in United, but they Arsenal's got the personnel to match up with them. That's the thing. It's not like they're Birmingham City going against City that they don't have the personnel. No offense to them, but they don't have the personnel. They don't have the firepower. They don't have the talent at Birmingham City than they do at Arsenal. Arsenal and City and uh, uh, Chelsea, 11 on 11, starting 11 against starting 11, they match up. They match up. But here's the thing. When it comes to playing against the other teams in the top four, against United, their passing percentage was 72%. They gave up 12 interceptions. They only had one shot on target. And they only had 12 shot-creating actions. The first match against Manchester City, they had a passing percentage of 76% and had nine interceptions against them, only one shot on target, and only three shot-creating actions. In the match against, the second match against City, the rematch, their passing percentage was only 74%. They were intercepted 28 times and had three shots on goal, all of which were very low percentage. Their XG in that match was 0.8. Only 11 shot-creating actions in that second matchup against Manchester City. They lost 2-1. The matchup most recently in the London Derby against Chelsea, their XG in that match was 0.6. Their passing numbers were a little bit better with 79%. They had only they had 14 interceptions against them. They had four shots on target, all low percentage shots, and seven shot creating actions. All very poor. You watch the first 30 minutes of each of these matches, the first 30 to 45 minutes, you will see a team that struggles to get the ball forward because they are getting intercepted. They're making sloppy passes. They're not put together. They're not organized on offense. And the balls are going all over the place. And they're losing possession. And they're losing possession in bad areas. And so they So by the time they gear things up and get into the match, they're already kind of in the back foot. They're making too many mistakes, too many long balls, too many mistakes in the passing, in passing the ball and trying to move the ball down the pitch. You watch that United game, and that's key to me. 
that first half against Manchester United, they were, were, were dealing with, and here's the other factor, they were dealing with teams in City and Chelsea and United with high presses all over the pitch. High press, high lines they were going against. And Arsenal crumbles in the first half from my perspective. And the numbers prove it. They crumble against the high press. They struggle against it. They struggled against Chelsea to get anything going, trying to get through that high press. And they would lose the ball, get the ball intercepted, get get passes intercepted because someone would jump the lanes. And they would struggle to create opportunities. And as the numbers bear itself out, when you only have three shot-creating actions against Manchester City, you have only seven shot-creating chances, uh, shot-creating opportunities or actions against Chelsea, you're not going to even come close against the firepower that, that these teams have. Only low percentage shots. So they couldn't create and they couldn't convert. When they got shots on target, they were low percentages. So it's not Minima not getting the ball enough. It's not where Minima is on the pitch versus uh, a, a Caitlin Ford or uh, Jill Roard. Because Montemiro will move them around so that, that Minima has opportunities to move into space. It's not that. It's that this team doesn't handle the high press. And they, they get sloppy and they get impatient and it's a mentality thing. They don't, they lack patience and then they, they get frazzled under this high press. And that's what a lot of teams suffer from. It's not just Arsenal that suffers against the high press, but the thing that we expect from Arsenal is that because they are world-class players, we would expect them at least I would, if I were Arsenal fan, I would expect them to be able to handle this type of high pressure with more patience. You know, with more patience, without trying to make the quick strike, the perfect pass, not get sloppy with the ball and get it mishandled and get it intercepted and so forth. Too many mistakes trying to get the ball up the pitch and being too impatient leading to losing the ball, losing possession. You compare the numbers I just gave you, and then this is mentality. This is lack of patience, lack of being grounded, and just getting, you know, you know, pressured and not responding to it against these squads, which is very surprising with the squad. So I don't know where that's coming from. A lack of composure, a lack of patience in trying to make the, the perfect pass, ending up, and when you try to make the perfect anything, you, you end up dropping it on the floor and breaking it. So that's what's happening. Let's compare it to Everton. Recent match against Everton, very recent, they won 4-0. Now, Everton, as everyone knows, everyone who follows the WSL knows that Everton is very resolute, very organized, and very uh, disciplined defensive side. Now, Everton is not all that great on offense. We know that, too. But how Everton strikes fear in people is because they play a low block and they dare you to try to get ball through them. Let's look at Arsenal statistics against them. They score four goals against Everton. Four. They had 24 shot creating actions. 
They only gave up 15 interceptions. Their expected goals was 2.9, so their conversion rate for that match alone was plus 1.1, seven shots on target, and their passing percentage was 85%. Everton doesn't play a high press. So teams that, that pull back, dare Arsenal come at them and try to stay resolute, try to stay organized and so forth, like Everton, like Reading, like Birmingham, for example, those are you know some examples of teams that will do that because they're facing massive firepower, which is understandable. I might do the same thing too, depending on who I had on my had on the field. But the point is, is that when you give Arsenal the opportunity to break you down, they will break you down. They will. If you try to be a wall, they will break your wall down. They've done it against every team that has tried to put a wall up. They've done it to all of them. But teams that high-pressure them, like City, like Chelsea, like United in that first match, you should have seen the work rate that United had in that first match, which United won 1-0. Arsenal looked lost. They have so much talent, but they looked lost. They lacked composure, lacked patience. And they struggled and they lost. The mentality is what will help Arsenal win. Their mentality being different in this match versus these other matches, I think, is the thing that needs to be different against United. In order for them to succeed, they need three points. United doesn't need three points. It's the Gunners that need the three points. So they need to win. And the mentality of being composed, disciplined on offense. They're disciplined on defense. They are. Arsenal, Arsenal, defensive, they're composed. They're disciplined. But that same discipline and same composure and same patience is what is needed from a mentality standpoint by this squad to be able to not fall into the mental trap that dealing with the high press gives you. So they have to be more careful with the ball. They have to stay composed and they have to stay patient. They got to be quick, but they got to be composed about it. Lower, low percentage, long balls is against most of these teams isn't going to work. It works maybe for Chelsea, but it's not going to work for Arsenal. Being more disciplined with the ball, slower, more disciplined, maybe more side to side instead of vertical. And wait for the the gaps to be created rather than trying to push through them and then running into a buzzsaw. Because United, despite the fact that they have a whole bunch of injuries on the offense, their midfield and their back line remains pretty much the same. They will not change their tactics. I will guarantee you that Manchester United will not change their tactics against Arsenal. They will do what was successful. What was successful was a high press, high energy, high tempo. We'll pressure the ball away from you and hope we get it in a good area. And with, with the first match, they got it in a good area enough times they wore Arsenal down on defense and they gave up the goal that lost them the game. 
I think they're going to be a draw. I think this is going to be a one-one. But the Gunners need to change their mentality on offense. Not necessarily tactics, necessarily. They need to slow it down and be more careful, be more composed, and be more disciplined. And not fall into the trap that the high press does. That's the one thing that will make the difference. I know this sounds controversial when I talk about mentality. But you got to have discipline. And you've got to be composed against the high press. And Arsenal, against these teams that are talented and do the high press, haven't fared well. So that's it. But at the end of the day, I am going to predict a draw. But 1-1 is my scoreline prediction between United and Arsenal. It will keep United in third. So to answer the question, do I think that Arsenal is going to make the Champions League? I have to say, from my opinion, that they will not. I think Arsenal will draw this match. And United and Arsenal will even out with points. And in the end, United will squeak out that third place slot. Won't be easy for anybody. Arsenal can do it. And this match is going to be the bellwether for that to happen. So that is it for my Arsenal weekly feature for today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, hit a like on on the video, share the podcast, share on social media, the video and the podcast. This is your Arsenal weekly feature coming to an end at England is burning for the 16th of March. I hope you enjoy the video and so forth. So as always, remember that the light is there. Always acknowledge the light. Let the light become part of you. Let it hug you. Also acknowledge that, unfortunately, the darkness is out there. We have to acknowledge it, but do not let the darkness hug you. And if it does, please get help for yourself. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. England is burning, is out for today. We will see you next week when we go through this whole round of weekly features again. Take care, y'all.